Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio with your hosts, Anthony and Amy Russo. Grace and Peace Radio is a weekly Christian podcast where together we'll discuss how we can apply God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. It's our hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. Amy, how are you doing today? I am doing very, very well. Would you say you're doing joyfully well? Today, actually, yes. I would say I'm doing joyfully well. Well, that's uh, that's great to hear, number mm-hmm. one, and that's really appropriate because <laughs> that's actually our topic today. Oh, wow. Go figure that, huh? I know, right? Surprised. Amy, how are you? We're going to be talking about joy today. How are you? Um, miserable. <laughs> Here to talk about joy is Eeyore. <laughs> I've had those days, yes. <laughs> yep, and we all have. Uh, yeah. You know, and as Christians, though, we have a limitless bank of joy to draw from. And oftentimes, we forget it. Yes, we do. And so today, we want to just talk about the Christian's joy, because really, it's one of those things that sets us apart from unbelievers. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that we walk around with this perennial grin on our face. It just means that there's something different in us that apart from circumstances, regardless of what's going on, there is a joy in us. And we'll talk about what exactly that joy is as well. Mm -hmm. And I would have a question for you in that. How would you define the difference between joy and happiness? Because in the world today, Right. Yeah. For one thing, happiness is temporal. Mm-hmm. I get a fresh cup of coffee and a good cup of coffee. <laughs> Amy, yes. knows, Amy knows what I'm talking about. I I'll do. talk about this in a second. We were at, actually, we were at a cof- two different coffee shops over the weekend. Yeah. And both times, the coffee I got was Terrible. My poor husband couldn't even get one good cup of coffee. That's all he wanted. (laughs) One of them, I got a cappuccino and it was like all milk, hardly any coffee. And I can't stand that. And the other one, I got uh, a some espresso with some milk in it, and which I know is a cappuccino, but less milk. And that one, I don't know what they made the espresso from, but it was awful. It was salty, bitter, thick, awful. I had no idea what was going on with that. So anyway, uh, he couldn't finish it. So that tells you how bad it was. Right. Exactly. And, uh, so despite, despite those deep trials in life, <laughs> you know, counted all joy, I, honey. I counted it all joy. <laughs> I wasn't like somebody yeah i wasn't like insert bible illustration here i wasn't like jonah there you go over nineveh just stewing that the lord took my melon plant Mm -hmm. no why are these two coffees no no not like jonah i had joy (laughs) thank you for the swill (laughs) anyway um so 
but happiness, really, I, I mean, those things in life, an ice cream cone, whatever the sure. thing is, those are moments of happiness, mm -hmm. uh, a, a wedding or, you know, those sorts of things. Joy is, is deeper than that. It goes deeper. It's, it really is to the core of who we are. And I believe personally that it's only Christians who can have joy, real joy. I know the world likes to talk about joy, but I don't believe they can get it because ultimately, and this kind of goes into the definition of what joy is, but ultimately joy comes from the Lord. And in fact, it's, it is the Lord. The, and so true. Okay. The unbeliever can't know joy because joy ultimately is inseparably linked to the Lord who they're estranged from. And, and wouldn't you say too that, yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that that comes from the Lord and only believers can get that. But I think also it's hooked to hope. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you can't have a, a deep abiding joy unless you have hope. And frankly, you don't really have hope unless you're anchored to the Lord. Right. In fact, that brings up a great point. One of the verses I wrote down was Romans fourteen seventeen. It says, okay. for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. And so there we see joy is linked to righteousness and peace. And also because all who serve Christ this way are pleasing to God and approved by men. And so, so joy has this element of there's a peace, a contentment, a faith, a hope. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it all ties together. And it's not just a an empty hope; it's a sure hope. And that's, that's the key. The, that's the key, mm -hmm. right? Sure. Hope. It's not just hope for hope's sake, right? It's hope in the Lord, who we see over and over and over again in scriptures and in our lives, is our strong deliverer, is our refuge and our rock. Is consistent. Is faithful. Mm -hmm. uh, and then also, even in the next chapter in Romans, Romans fifteen thirteen, Paul goes on and he says. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Excellent. And so again, we see joy is tied together with peace and trust in him. And, and, and again, which is that hope uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And there again, it's the Holy Spirit doing this. So mm -hmm. I agree. It, it is hope. It is definitely, hope is definitely a component of joy. Yeah. A verse that I had, and I, I don't know if it connects. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, where it says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And... I look to those verses a lot when I am in an Eeyore moment and realize that I need to be joyful. I am, I am joyful in the Lord regardless of the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In fact, one of the reasons I, I came up with, it, with this topic for the show was the other day I was in one of those situations. I, I woke up tired. 
I don't know why I had plenty of sleep that night, which was unusual in and of itself. Right. But I could not get going even after two cups of coffee. I mean, I read my Bible, I prayed, but I, I was distracted. I got distracted by, cause the, my laptop was nearby. So I opened that up and, uh, and then I, I ate breakfast. You actually, you made a great breakfast that day. Thank and you. Thank you for that. And, but I just wasn't feeling good at all. As far as I just couldn't get started. I had no, no joy. Eventually I fell back to sleep for like 45 minutes and I woke up refreshed. So that's one thing is that sometimes our joy is taken from us just because of physical circumstances. That's we're, a very good observation. We're sick or we need rest or mm -hmm. whatever the case is. After that, I woke up, I felt refreshed. I went, I took a shower and it was while I was in the shower, I was just thanking the Lord. I just said, Lord, thank you so much that you refreshed me. I feel better than I did. And I got to thinking how, how kind the Lord is to bless me, his child. You know, my father took care of me. I was just thankful, like, Lord, thank you so much that I'm a Christian. Thank you that you do these things to us, that, that you love us, that you guide us through these, these moments like this. And then the Holy Spirit comes and we can be thankful. Again, it's having that relationship with the Lord that we get to be his that the world doesn't have. Mm -hmm. And so to your point, I'm just, I was so thankful that the Lord gave me joy mm -hmm. and restored that. And it's all from him. And I just thought, you know, we don't think enough about our joy and this, this, again, this limitless resource that, that the Lord is kind to give us through the spirit. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people, well, obviously non-believers have a whole different definition of joy that would not mesh with believers, but even believers and myself included at times and probably earlier on in my walk have this whole think it's a Pollyanna attitude that some, for some reason, some, that somehow we're supposed to be joyful, like giddy happy in the midst of a trial or a tragedy. And that's not the case. As, as you said before, where the definition comes, it's a lot deeper than that. It's because our hope is in Christ. It's because uh, he is our anchor. He holds on to us during those times. That's where the joy comes from. It's not being a Pollyanna about it. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, even when those trials come, when we stop and say, the Lord, you know, we, we rest in his promises or we cling to his promises. And Lord, your word says over and over that you are with us you know, that you're with me, that, that, that you're going to guide me and so forth. And then we can also in those times, remember that, you know, despite all the, whatever's going on, one of the other blessings that we, we take for granted is, yeah, there, things are really tough right now, but, uh, you know, I'm so thankful my sins are forgiven that I have peace with God, that 
on top of everything that's going on, can you imagine if I still had guilt and regret over all my past sins? Oh my. And the heartache and the misery and the consequences that come from those. Mm-hmm. And the despair that would ensue. Right. And so, yes, we go through many of the same trials as a lost person does. But one, we have the Lord to carry us through. And number two, again, thank the Lord that, yeah, this situation might be awful, but it does not have the added burden of my sins, that I can have joy. There's, there's a lightness even in, even in the trial. No, that's that's good observation. That, and I think that reminds us too that uh, joy, at times like love, is a choice. You have to choose to be joyful, mm-hmm. which means you need to recalibrate your head to be looking to the Lord in whatever situation you're in, and you do that through the Word. What we've talked about before, through the Word, through praying. Stopping what you're doing in that moment of despair, anger, whatever it is, and look to the Lord and remind yourself, he is my anchor, he is my joy, I have his grace and his mercy, and for that I should be joyful and choose to do that. Absolutely. That was something that I wrote down, that joy can be robbed by the enemy or by ourselves, and we have to remind ourselves sometimes of joy. So I think it's an excellent point. What would you say that you do? Is there any one thing that you do to bring yourself back to that of, of joy, of choosing joy? Besides a nap. Which can be, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, and I'm, I'm not really making light of that no. either, because that can be huge. No, as I remember, as I re- recall reading, when someone would come to Spurgeon with a, you know, with a heavy heart, with a spiritual issue, he would, I think it was, hmm, was it Spurgeon? I got to admit, now I can't remember if it was Spurgeon or Martin Lloyd Jones. But anyway, one of them would prescribe twenty-four hours bed rest. Really? And just said, go get some rest. Sounds like a Lloyd Jones. And but still. And then and then tackle the thing, you know, see if it's still there. You know, I think part of it is again, are you in the scriptures every day? Mm-hmm. Are you if you're not, well, that's part of the problem, right? If I'm not in the scriptures, well then I'm not disciplined in my walk with the Lord. So naturally, things are going to go off the rails. Right. That's where you're going to get tripped up. Yeah. And then prayer. How's my prayer life? Whether it's a, a devoted time in prayer while I'm reading my Bible, or is it throughout the day? How, how do I manage those impulses? How do I react to those impulses when the Holy Spirit tells me I should be praying or I should pray? Even if it's a 15-second you know, or three-second kind of prayer, an impulse to pray, do I, am I conditioning myself and conforming my fleshly self to spiritual truths 
and giving them priority and saying, hey, my Lord wants me to pray right now. I need to obey and pray. And also, that's, good. that's for my own good. So I think those are two things. And then naturally, out of that, there comes a, a joy. Because again, like the old acronym, right? Jesus, others, yourself. Ah, yes. And when we're walking with the Lord, one, we're more focused on him as our main priority. Number two, out of obedience, we want to be focused on others as our priority. And then thirdly, ourselves. And so we do get joy because then essentially our whole world is in the right order that God designed it to be. Excellent reminder. So we mm -hmm. get joy because everything is, the machine is operating as the maker intended. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think you bring up a good point too in, in that reminder of Jesus, others, joy, or excuse me, Jesus, others, you know, yourself. yourself. Sometimes when we take the time to focus on others, no matter how small, it gets us outside of ourselves, and that brings us joy. I mean, we're supposed to, to consider others. That's a commandment from the Lord. But the Lord is gracious. That also gives us the opportunity to, to feel good as well. Right. I was struck, and I know I, I told you this a week or two ago, as I was reading through the Pentateuch again and seeing how the Lord brought the Israelites out of Egypt and established the nation of Israel, right, in the, in the wilderness and, and what he was beginning to do for them and establishing, okay, I am the Lord. This is how I want to be worshipped. This is the moral law. This is the ceremonial law. These are the feasts, etc. This time reading through, I was struck by how much the Lord either commands joy or commands that things be done with joy but then also how if you really look at what God told them to do, which of course they never really fully realized and fully implemented everything that the Lord told them to do, they didn't conquer all the land that he promised to give them and so on. But had they fully obeyed the Lord, you think about the, the witness it would have been to the other nations. I mean, number one, the Lord promised them that there would be no poor in the land. Mm -hmm. The Lord promised them that he would, you know, provide the crops. You look at all the, the, the promises that the, the blessings versus the cursings right. in Deuteronomy, for example, right? Their livestock would not miscarry and so forth. And then how the Lord even set aside times for multiple times a year for these celebratory feasts. The point being Israel as a nation would have been the most amazing, joyful light on a hill, city on a hill, had they had they really followed all of God's decrees. I mean, mm -hmm. God set them up that it was going to be amazing to live in that country. Even the uh, the, the non-Israelites who came to live with them, or the ones who who lived through the the conquest, 
uh, and, and became servants. They were to be taken care of. And so it was just, God set it all up to be joy. And it just, it just amazed me to, to see that, how God really has a design for us to, as Christians also, to have joy. And that's good. The fact that it's designed by God. So many Christians, or even non-believers who look at Christians or have this wrong definition of what Christianity is, just see it as a bunch of rules and regulations and things I'm not allowed to do. Right. And, and the Lord's going to punish me and he's going to chase me down and he's going to squash me. Yet, if you read carefully like what you have observed, and, and you see the same in the Psalms, mm-hmm. yep, just many things throughout the Old Testament of this whole idea of joy and celebration, that's, yeah, that's what God intended for us to have. Right. I was doing a search on the word joy through the scriptures, and For one thing, I was amazed at just how many times it's listed. And again, you think of a theme like joy. God put that in the scriptures. Like you said, so many people, the world, they love to paint the Lord as angry, as awful, really. Mm -hmm. And, but yet... The Lord has has packed the scriptures with joy, and he talks about it all the time. And it just goes to show how Satan lies to unbelievers and believers to think that God is not a joyful God. Mm -hmm. That he's sitting up there just waiting to point the finger at you. I can't say I've studied other religions as much as, as I've studied Christianity, but... I would easily bet everything I have that the Bible talks more about true joy mm-hmm. than any other religious book on the planet. Agreed. Of course, it, it, because it's different and it's unique from every other religious book on the planet, and it's you know the only religious book on the planet. But the point is... Christianity as a religion talks about joy more than any other right. religion on earth. So as Christians, there's two other thoughts I, I've got on this. Number one, just like the nation of Israel was to be a light to the nations around them and a witness, as Christians, we're to be a light and a witness of God's joy to the world around us. And ultimately, Israel's joy was to point others to the Lord, right? Right. To glorify the Lord, to to point others to the Lord. Our job as Christians is to cultivate that joy and to be joyful so that we reflect Jesus. We want to show Jesus to people. And one of the ways we do that is through our joy. Exactly. And so 
So here's my challenge to you, listener. Do you reflect Jesus in your joy? Do you have joy in your life, biblical joy, and do you reflect that in such a way that it, it points people to Jesus? Now, it may not be something that they obviously pick up on that, oh, this person's a Christian, but how do you do they how do they see it when you handle circumstances and that sort of thing so that, i mean that's one one thing and then related to that the lord expects us to serve him with joy imagine being in his courts in his royal courts in in the very presence of him who is joy itself and being sullen <laughs> and being moody and being just sulking and, right. and joyless. It's it's hardly fathomable. Right. It would be such a contrast to be in the presence of the one who is all joy and be sullen. And yet so many Christians live that way. In fact, part of the problem is you look at a lot of the Christian music on the radio and it's mm-hmm. all about the problems that people have. And, it's the angst. And the angst. And there is no joy in it. Right. Say what you want about some of the late 70s and 80s contemporary Christian music back then. You know, nowadays, some of it might seem hokey or whatever. But but they, a lot of them sang about joy because they had it. I mean, Keith Green had joy. That is true. And... You just don't see that same kind of joy mm-hmm. in the Christian music nowadays. Now, I listen to Christian music and I'd want to be popping some antidepressants. It's true. I mean, there are some of those songs that, yeah, I get it when you're when you're feeling, you know, you're going through a, a tough time. But if you dwell on those pieces of music, you're totally going to forget of the joy that you have in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, right. and what we have in Christ. When we were talking about stealing joy and things that rob our joy, and whether it's fatigue or... Physical illness. Physical illness or other things. One of the things we forgot to mention, sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's another way that we can guard our hearts. You also asked me about cultivating joy. And I said, being in the word and prayer and... Seeking as much as possible to stay away from sin. That's a key component to our fellowship in the Lord and having joy. What did David pray in his prayer of repentance in Psalm 51? He prayed, restore unto me the joy mm-hmm, of, of thy salvation. salvation. David had lost his joy because mm-hmm. of his sin. So believer, you and I, we need to be aware of our sin and to repent if we're finding ourselves not joyful, we would do well to inventory ourselves and say, Lord, is there sin? Show me if there's sin in my heart that I need to repent of. Good point. And I think, too, what you are surrounding yourself with. Mm-hmm. You know, Scripture says to renew your mind. And I know for myself, there have been, y'all know I love to read, and... I do read secular novels, but there have been times when I have been in the midst of a novel and realized, you know what? 
there isn't really anything particularly edifying in this book, and it is really taking my mind away from the Lord. I mean, not that we're 24-7 thing, but distracting me in such a way that I'm too bogged down in the world as a result. And I've had to stop reading the book. Well, you had that experience uh, even last week reading a biography, an autobiography. Yes, that is true. Of a movie star and mm-hmm. the life was so depraved. Wow. You just said, eh, this isn't worth continuing in. It really wasn't. It was it was uh, exceptionally bad. I was very disappointed. Right. To sum up the conversation about joy as a Christian, ironically, we could make this a, a legalism kind of thing. True. Do these five steps and you will have joy. If we do that, we are totally missing the point. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, joy, it's not simply an attribute. It's a person. It's Jesus. So ultimately, how is your walk with Jesus? Because that's how your joy is. No, that's that's uh, excellent. That's so, very well put. So the closer we walk with our shepherd, the closer we as sheep nuzzle into the shepherd as, he, as we're walking together in the fields every day, that's where our joy comes from. It's nothing else, nothing else. And we do that, again, being in the Word, being in prayer, serving the Lord, serving others, walking with, with Him, and staying away from sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do those things, right? It's like, it's like taking care of your physical body. It's really not that hard to do. Eat right, get some exercise, get rest, and avoid a bunch of all the other stuff. That's going to make you feel lousy. Right. Well, having joy as a Christian, really, it's pretty straightforward. It's being close to Jesus, doing everything that brings you closer to Jesus and avoiding those things that squelch your relationship with him, impact your relationship with him negatively. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much joy. The last mention that I found of joy in the Bible is in Revelation 19, verse 7. And I'll read it. I'll back up to verse 6 just to read it. Uh, And then I, I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, like the sound and like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. The point is, we rejoice, and we can have joy when we give the Lord glory. And that's what eternity is going to be. That's what's going to happen for all eternity. So, we ought to be people that do that now reflect that now mm-hmm. exactly well i've had joy just doing this podcast with you i have episode. had immense joy of us doing this and having this discussion together it's been really really yeah. excellent and we hope you have too we, yes. we hope that this has served you we never want to put burdens on people and say well you know this is how to be a christian in in five easy steps or 
this week we're going to put some new burden on people. What we want to do is take burdens off. Exactly. From from our own experiences, if possible, to to share and encourage and mm-hmm. right. And so we we hope that more than anything else, this has the the Lord will use this to point you closer to Christ, draw you closer to Christ, lighten your load, and and walk with him more closely and more joyfully. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so we thank you, and Lord bless you, and we will talk to you next time. Take care, all. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in God's Word, looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of Him, our love for Him, and our service to Him. Grace and Peace Radio is honored to be a member of the Christian podcast community. It's a ministry of striving for eternity. Find more Christian podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.com. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com and on Facebook. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.